Almighty God, we love you. We praise you. We magnify you, O oh God. We long for you. We long for your presence, O oh God. We need to grow deeper in you and more of you and sense you more in our lives, O oh God. And we give you praise and glory and honor. We just ask, God, that you visit this place tonight, God, because I know, God, within myself, I'm majorly weak, and Lord, will fall, but Lord, just a touch of your hand, um, God, you can communicate and minister, God, uh, in one second that would take us years, Lord, to write or to say, so I'm dependent upon you, Holy Spirit, tonight to intervene and to minister to hearts and lives and encourage hearts, Lord, here tonight, to lift the heaviness. God, that was ushered in, but I bind and I rebuke the heaviness, oh God. And Lord, I usher in your presence here tonight to deliver, to set free, to encourage, to renew and refresh us in you, oh God, to push us on to the next level, for you've called us such a time as this. And this time, God, is called to prayer, God. It's time that we begin to pray as never before, to seek your face, God, that we will reach out, God, to this generation that seems to be lost and dying going to hell and we will jerk them out of that pit God and we'll offer your hope and your love to them oh God so revive us tonight oh God set us aright and on fire and a blazing for you God like we never have before oh God oh we've seen your hand work many times in our life but God we need more we need more we need more and so our cry tonight God is more of you and less of us oh God do it in us do it in us so God, do it in us. We praise you and magnify you and exalt your name tonight. We bless your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray. What an awesome almighty God that we serve. And, you know, I feel the stirring of the Holy Spirit in a strong way. At first, at one time of the service, I felt a very heaviness and began to rebuke that. And I'm going to just step on in and just share what I believe the Lord has for me to share, what I've been asked to share. And that, um, that question that I have tonight that I have about eight and a half minutes now to, to share about is why do I pray? And it's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to share a few minutes, and Tracy's going to share a few minutes, and then Tommy Wade will come and um, share as well. But we're going to address the topics that our pastors give us. And I'm so thankful that he's turning our hearts and our minds toward prayer. And my question is, why do I pray? Why do I pray? I want to go ahead and say... I, I, I don't pray because I feel like it all the time, okay? <laughs> we pray because we know to pray, okay? But why do I pray? I posed the question last night to a few ladies that I was, that I was with, and I got all kind of answers, and they said, I pray because I need healing, okay? They said, I pray because I need help. They said, I pray because... I need direction in my life. And none of those were wrong answers. And their answers just kept on and on. And none of those were wrong answers and no bad answers at all. And we can say that we pray because that's how we communicate to God. And that is our talking. We say we're praying to God. It's when our spirit connects to him. For God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so our communication, I pray to communicate to God, which is all right again. And I can say we pray because God is the source of everything that we need. 
He is our God that cares for us. We know the scripture, Papa's favorite scripture in Peter, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And we pray because he cares for us. And we can continue in scripture and go to Philippians 4, 6, where it says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request and petitions or petitions be made to God. So therefore, we're told in Scripture to pray. So do we pray to God because we're in need? We can answer that, yes. We do pray because we're in need. Do we pray because he's our way maker, our deliverer? We can all say, yes, we do, because he's the creator of this universe. And I pray for those reasons as well. But there was something deeper that the Lord was trying to get my attention to as I thought yesterday about this as I was driving down the road. And I was reminded of a verse that we all know. And if you'll give me just a moment to connect it and say, she's off in left field, just give me just a second. I need to go to John 3.16. I have to go to John 3.16, and all of you can say it by heart. For God so loved, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Nobody needed to look that verse up. We all know it by heart. For God so loved, I need to step on to 1 John 4, verse 19, where it says, we love him because he first loved us. In our sin, he loved us. He didn't wait on us to love him, but in our sin, he loved us first. When you're in love with somebody, you talk to them, right? I remember being first being in love with that sweet thing I have somewhere. There he is, right there. You know, I couldn't wait for him to call me on the phone. I couldn't wait for him to come and pick me up from school. I mean, I was in love. You can ask his daddy. We were on the phone all the time, or I was there. And I was in love with him because I wanted to spend time with him. I'm going to tell you, you have a God that gave it all to spend time with you and time with me. When we begin to spend time with him, we create an intimacy in our life with the Lord. We want that. We need to desire that from him. And do you realize that when we begin to pray, and I pray a little bit, then he kind of woos us closer to him? Whenever Charles and I started dating, what did he do? He would send me flowers, and just not regular roses, but madam roses, those big old ones. And boy, when I would get those roses, I'd be like, I can't wait to see that man. You know what I mean? And we're in that time with the Lord. It's like he woos us closer to him, closer to him. Whenever we're in that deep love relationship with the Lord, he compels us to pray. And see, it's in my time of prayer is where God changes the condition of my heart. And out of the condition or the abundance of my heart, what speaks? This mouth speaks. And wherever comes out of here, my actions will follow. It's in prayer we begin to understand that there is no one like our God, that he is the lover of our soul. We understand Song of Solomon when it says, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. 
We understand that we're valuable to him. And I will just tell you personally, there is no greater satisfaction. There is no greater satisfaction in my life than it is. And I like to do a lot of things. And I got a lot of hobbies that I like to do. And you know, some of y'all know it is nothing more that I would like to do is to get a big old buck in the scope of my rifle and pull that trigger and let him drop to the ground. That's satisfaction for me. But honey, that kind of satisfaction, the world kind of satisfaction, does not compare to the great satisfaction that I have after I've gotten up off of my knees and I have poured my heart out to my God and I've said, oh God, you know it all. And then he reads everything and I get up and I know what I have laid before him, he's taken care of because he sees it all and knows it all. And sometimes I don't understand his ways because his ways and his thoughts are higher than my thought. But what I know, because I have, have got that, uh, that intimate relationship with him when I get up I trust him with what I have laid down before him and I know that he's working in ways that I cannot see and I trust that he sees the bigger picture of life and he moves in our behalf so why do I pray yes I pray that he owns it all because he owns it all yes I pray because he's king of kings and he's lord of lords and and I pray because I have needs that only he can answer. But the ultimate reason that I pray is because I love him. It's because I love him. And just maybe there are some folks in here tonight that can identify with me. From time to time, it just seems that my love for God doesn't seem to burn as hot as it used to be. You ever been there? It's just like I'm not, I don't, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling, I'm not burning within. And I'm reminded that I have to go back and maybe redo some things. I'm reminded in Revelation about, Lord, maybe I've forgotten my first love. And I have to go back to the prayer closet and say, renew me, God, refresh me. None of us in here can say we've not ever been there because it happens to us. And I want tonight to be a night of renewal that it's time to us to step up and we're to pray like we never have before. And Tommy Wade's going to have prayer at the end, I know, but while we got this burning in our my thoughts and everything, I want to pray for all of us. I want to know, by a show of hands, if you're bold enough to say, Denise, I can identify. I know what you mean by not being as hot as I need to be for God. Something's not burning as strong because, see, I want you to understand the enemy is coming to destroy us. He wants to kill us. He wants to just knock us us all from what God has for us, but we can't do that. We've got to stay focused and we've got to press on in and we have to pray. So I'm going to pray a prayer that God will renew us, that we will be able to receive exactly what Tracy's fixing to bring and it'll come to our heart and stay in there and push us to the next level because we got a generation that we still have to win. We have a generation that still needs to know that prayer is important and there is a God that loves them and cares for them. So let us pray. God, renew 
renew and refresh us, oh God. We're in need of a touch from you. We ask for forgiveness, God, for us, for our slackness. We ask for our forgiveness for our prayerless life, and we ask that you renew and refresh us here tonight. I pray, God, that you push us to the next level, and God, we know, God, that when we go there, you will meet us there. You said those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall we feel. So God, we're hungry for you tonight. We're hungry that you show up in this, in this place, God, and do your work. Show up and show yourself strong to your people, oh God. Arise and let your enemies be scattered in this place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Just how in the world do you follow that? You know, the first thing I want to say is I've been a Christian for a long time since I was about 13, spirit filled. I've, I've been praying for a long time. And I recognize tonight how totally unqualified I am to talk about prayer. So if we had a great big giant ball in here and I had a pinpoint and touched it, that would be about how much I know about prayer. So. I just want to set the stage for that. And prayer is not about how pretty we can pray or how long we can pray or how smooth we can pray. It's about just what Denise said, God, I love you. I've been married a long time too. And you know what? Nobody does intimacy the way David and I do because we have a unique love relationship. And the way you pray will be very intimate and personal between you and God. I am so grateful that our pastors called our church to prayer and I want to put out a red flag alert warning. When our pastor makes the priority prayer, our church will immediately and has already come under attack. So church, I challenge us tonight as a body to hit our knees, hit our knees, hit our knees like never before. Neil asked me to pray, I mean to speak about praying while waiting or praying during the storm. And for the few of you, Dave and I are very private, but for some of our lives have been made very public over the last year, and it's been very painful. And what I can say is in the storm, God is there. We have lots of resources for you tonight. I'm a teacher more than a preacher by calling. So if you leave tonight without knowing how to pray, you have nobody to blame but yourself. I've put all kind of books on prayers and this is just a smidgen of my books on prayer. I'm an avid reader, so you'll have to overlook my obsession there. Also, my sweet son Isaac typed all my notes for me. And there's, gonna, there's one error on the notes and I'll try to correct that before I finish tonight, but my notes are here for you. And then I have another little stack here that just has promises. Promises that I personally have been standing on and if you can use them good, if not, get your own promises. <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind as I was studying, what do I do, what have I been doing during the storm? What do I do while I'm waiting? And the Lord reminded me, my first responsibility and obligation is to check my own heart. See, 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, 
And I usually do most of my study out of the Amplified Version, so it might be a little bit different than what you see on the screen. But 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine and test and evaluate your own selves to see whether you are holding to your faith and showing the proper fruits of it. Test and prove yourselves, not Christ, because see, Jesus doesn't need testing. Do you not know thoroughly by an ever-increasing experience that Jesus is in you unless you are counterfeit, disapproved on trial and rejected? So during that time of waiting, I have to examine my own heart and say, do I have open doors where I have given the enemy legal entrance? Is this storm a storm of my own making as a result of my own sin? Let's be honest enough to check our, our hearts because I don't know about you, I can't afford the luxury of allowing sin to dominate in my life. I have five sons and all my children will be taught of the Lord and great will be their peace. And captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce. But God will contend with those who contend with me and my children he will save. You see, those are my promises. You can tell I've got them down because God and I come and talk it over on a regular basis and I put those promises out there. So I have to look at my own heart. You've got to look and say, do I have strife? The Bible says where there's envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. If you have strife with someone in this church, with someone on your job, with someone in your family, you are in sin. And that strife will open you up to a legal entrance from the enemy and he has authority to rule and reign in your life if you're open to strife, if you're open to division, if you have unforgiveness, if you have bitterness. Galatians 5, 19 through 21, you can look those verses up at home. I, I have them out here for you. It says, and this is just a list. And I think we'd have to say, whew, when I start examining my heart, I can see some of those things there. Now the doings of the flesh are clear. They're obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness. You know, selfishness is one of those itsy bitsy sins that we just overlook if we're not out committing adultery or viewing pornography or killing somebody. God hates selfishness. Divisions, a party spirit, factions, sex, and peculiar opinions, heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like, things like that. The Apostle Paul said, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. We don't hear that preaching a lot in modern day Christianity in America, do we? But if I'm allowing these things in my heart instead of the fruit of the spirit, which love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith. If I'm allowing these things instead of the fruit of the spirit, I have a legal open door for the enemy to move. And that has to be dealt with while I am waiting on my prayers to be answered. And as an older Christian, for some of you, um, I would just share with you, your, most prayers are not answered instantaneously. I don't always understand that, but I know God is a God of harvest and he has seed time and harvest. And there's a time period from the time we pray till the time it's answered. 
And during that time, sometimes, can I just say this? It feels like hell on earth. And sometimes you just say, God, where are you? Do you know me? Do you love me? There have been nights that David and I have literally laid in the bed and cried and sung ourselves to sleep, worshiping so that we could go to sleep in peace. And can I say this? God is there. And sometimes I don't even have anything to say. I think I've prayed everything I know to pray. I have fasted. I have declared. I have stood. I have prophesied. I have repented. I have worshiped. And we'll talk about that again in just a minute. Rebellion. If you're in rebellion in any area of your life, school, work, home, church, if you go home and you talk negative about the pastor, you're in rebellion. And the Bible says that's just like witchcraft. So if you don't get out your Ouija boards on Sunday afternoon, I would encourage you not to get your Ouija boards out and talk about your pastor and be in rebellion. The Bible says to submit to those that are in authority over you. Wives, I would say to you gently and lovingly that if you don't submit to your husbands, you're, you're inviting witchcraft into your home, into your marriage, into your relationship. And of course, let's just turn that a little bit because the Bible says to submit one to another in love. Husbands, I would challenge you to love your wives as Jesus loves his church. And if you love her that way, it's a sore woman that can't submit to that. If you're stubborn, do y'all know anybody that's stubborn? Are any of you ever stubborn? Come on, raise your hand. Somebody please help me out here. I'm stubborn sometimes. The Bible says stubbornness is like idolatry. It's basically like going and setting up an idol in your house. Okay, I'm watching David. How much time? David will start going. I'm going to try to submit to that tonight and practice what I preach here. Okay, so the first thing I do is, is, is look at my own heart. The second thing is then I have a responsibility when I recognize my sin to repent. And the Bible talks about a godly sorrow that leads to repentance. 2 Corinthians 7.10, for the kind of sorrow God wants us to experience leads us away from sin and results in salvation. How many of you know people that come to the altar and say they repent, but they never change? See, the Bible says if any man's in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. When somebody meets Jesus, you know it. The two men on the road to Emmaus, they took notice of them that they had been with Jesus. When you've been with Jesus, people notice it. When my mom came home from church that Sunday morning, it was like a light exploded. I didn't quite understand what had happened, but baby, oh baby, I knew something had happened. And those next few days, I knew something had happened, okay? So... We've got to have a godly sorrow that brings repentance. Repentance means to turn and go in the opposite direction. You don't walk the way you walk. You don't talk the way you talk. You don't listen to what you listen to. You don't watch what you used to watch. All things become new. Third, I have to remember and recall his past faithfulness. There are lots of scriptures out here tonight that you can take home and study. The Bible um, in the Bible, God told them to set up a memorial to remember what God had done. When the devil says, Tracy, 
I don't know you. I don't remember you. I don't care about your five sons. I don't care if they die and go to hell. And he's just badgering me and beating me and says, you're a failure. You don't know how to pray and your past failures are going to define you. Then I have to say, uh, uh, let me get my prayer journal out and remember what God has done and remember his faithfulness because even when I'm not faithful, he remains faithful. Amen. Fourth, I have to keep on praying. You have to push. You have to pray until something happens. That's a good acronym. Pray until something happens. And I've got to pray my understanding and I've got to pray in the spirit. So if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, stay in your prayer closet, stay in that altar until you're filled with power from on high. I've got to pray with my intellect and I've got to pray in the spirit. I've got to pray in tongues. The book of Jude says that when I pray in tongues that I'm building up my most holy faith. And the apostle Paul says, I will sing in the spirit and I will sing with my intellect. And when we don't know how to pray, the Bible says the spirit himself prays through us the perfect will of God. Let me tell you what, I have a son I'm believing for and in the natural, it looks like a disaster. But can I tell you this, when I don't know how to pray, I just begin to say, and I just begin to worship the Lord in the spirit. And I know that while I'm praying in the spirit, the Holy Ghost is interceding and he's working when I can't see and when I don't know how to pray, when I don't have the words. And then sometimes I just cry because God bottles up my tears and those prayers tip the vials of heaven. And the Bible says God is near to those that are of a broken and a contrite spirit. Fifth, my mama taught me this. She said, girl, you gotta get a rhema word. You've got to find your promise. Because see, the Bible's full of the promises of God. But I've got to get my promise. I've got a promise for my youngest son. Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy and loving kindness. And with him there is plenteous re redemption. I've got a word for my oldest son and my second son and my third son and my fourth son. And I'm declaring those words. I'm hanging on to the word of God. And I'm praying those words in faith because faith is the substance, come on, help me, church, of things hoped for, the evidence of things that I don't yet see. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if we're praying and we're not praying in faith, we might as well just be out doing our garden or something or out shooting deer. We've got to pray in faith, believing. Uh, just read Hebrews 11. The Bible says that women receive their dead back to life again through faith. God responds to faith. He totally responds to faith. Get your word. One of my words is the plan of the Lord will stand. When Jesus encountered the enemy in the garden of temptation, what did he, how did he respond to the enemy? How did he overcome? It is written, it is written, it is written. So I take this word of God 
and I supersede it over my situation and I say, I don't care what my situation looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what it sounds like. I care what God said about it. And I'm standing on the promises. Those old hymns, they'll get you through the darkness, church. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm standing on the promises of God. And those circumstances have to change and line up with the word of God. <clears throat> and then I do praise and warfare over that word. I sing when I feel like it. I worship when I feel like it. And I worship when I don't feel like it. Just like Denise said, if you're waiting to pray till you feel like it, you're in trouble, church. It has to be that consistent, disciplined prayer He's worthy of my praise. And I'm going to praise until my breakthrough. Because church, there cannot be another way. There's not another choice for me. There's not another choice for this next generation. And this generation, can I say this church to those of us who are older? This generation's in the trouble it's in because we fail to pray. God forgive us. We fail to pray and to hang on to the word and to worship. Next, I'm almost finished. Solicit other people to hold you accountable and agree with you. For where two or three are gathered, if any two agree on earth is touching anything, it will be done. <clears throat> My sister gets up earlier than I do. She's an she's a early riser. And this past year has been such a time of darkness, such a season of utter darkness for my family. I would wake up in the morning, lots of times after crying, most of the night through. And I'd reach over and I'd touch my phone and my sister would spoon feed me the word of God. She would have a word in season for me, church. I'd laugh sometimes and I'd say, I don't have to find out what God is saying. My sister's already told me. <clears throat> and I have other friends who would just send a word or a video of encouragement or a song because see, the Bible says no man lives to himself and no man dies to himself. If you think you're going to have victory all because you're all spiritual, you're deceived. You're deceived. We have to have the body of Christ watching for our soul. The Bible says one to put a thousand to flight, two will put ten thousand to flight. That's exponential. And lastly, just stand still. That's the part where David and I are right now. We've had a situation recently where everybody was giving us advice. It was coming from everywhere, from people who loved us and who, who were worried about us. And we couldn't get a clear direction. And then we heard the Lord say, stand still. Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God and having done all to stand, stand. Be still and know that he's God. Stand still, see the salvation of the Lord. I'm going to end with this. When Gideon got ready to go into battle, you know, Gideon was scared. And the Lord said, well, Gideon, if you're scared, take so-and-so with you and blah, blah, blah. And Gideon did. And the Lord confirmed to him he was going to give him the victory. So what did God tell Gideon to do? He said, take a trumpet, put it in your right hand. Take a pitcher like of clay and put it in your left hand and it would have a torch in it. Okay, so here goes these mighty soldiers. What do soldiers usually take with them? Swords, guns, whatever. They went into this battle completely defenseless. I want you to imagine this. You have a trumpet in this hand, 
you have a pitcher in this hand. What in the world are you going to fight with? Well, this is how I fight my battles. Y'all know that song? Church, this is how we fight our battles. They took that trumpet, and he, he was completely defenseless in the natural. He took that trumpet, and he blew it, and they took their pictures, and the, the word picture there is they each person took their pictures and hit each other's pictures. So they had to be in unity. They had other people standing with them. And when they did that, God sent ambushments, and the Moabites and the Ammonites and all the ites, they got confused, and they started destroying one another. That's a beautiful word picture of what God wants to do for us. If we will stand and we will praise and we will worship and we'll make sure our own heart is open to the Lord. I probably went over, did I go over my time? They were saying, yeah, you should go. I said, oh, long enough. All the resources are here. You can look after church. Daddy is coming. He's gonna pray. And I'll just say this, Daddy. I, Daddy lives with me, and I have the privilege over and over again of just listening to Daddy pray some mornings. And I hear him call your names out before the Lord. So he's going to share from his heart tonight, but mostly what he's going to do is he's going to pray because the best way to teach prayer is to pray and to demonstrate prayer. Amen. Since she took her time and mine too, I'm just going to be real short and sweet here. <laughs> Amen. I just want to share a couple of things real quickly about prayer, and then we'll pray. Uh, and I, I want to, the Bible says, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Well, I want to confess, I don't pray like I used to. Amen. And we used to get up in the morning, my wife and I, and, and uh, I had a sister-in-law, uh, Annette Vickery, and I was a maintenance foreman, and I swung shifts. When, I, when I'd come home off of that night shift at 9 o'clock, my sister-in-law would hit that, our back door. And my wife and I and her, we, we prayed every morning. We'd pray for an hour, two hours, you know. We'd, if you, you know, you can start praying at five or ten minutes. But if you do that a while, you can, then you can increase it a little bit. And it'll come easier and easier to pray longer and longer, you know, and what we did, we'd spend, uh, we'd spend 30 minutes praying and 30 minutes praising. We'd praise the Lord, you know, and so we'd just lift our voices and, and, and let her fly. I'm going to tell you one quick story about prayer. We, my, my sister-in-law and my wife and I was talking about, we kind of, like I said, had a three-fold cord. And we, we went fishing together, crappy fishing a lot. And my, my sister-in-law was a lousy fisherman. Awesome prayer, but bad fisherman. My wife was better than both of us put together, and that she could catch fishing. But uh, one time we went fishing, and uh, I was having trouble with my motor, and we got it in the water, and it, but it cranked up. And I said, hallelujah, you know, we went found this cove, you know, and we fished there a while, then we got ready to go. Again, I went back and I jerked that cord, nothing. <laughs> so I jerked it about three or four more times and nothing. And I said, oh man, here we are. And, and about that time I felt two hands slap me on the back, bam. 
And so we, we started praying. I think Tracy mentioned a threefold cord. The Bible says it's hard to be broken. So we formed a threefold cord there just like that, you know, without even thinking. And they put their hands on my back and I laid my hands on that motor and started and prayed. And then I, after I got through praying, I, I jerked that cord and nothing. <laughs> And you know, when I said out loud, devil, you're a liar and the father of lies and the truth is not in you. And I said, shoo, and burn. That thing cranked up and we fished all day. We stopped several times, cut that motor off, Roger, and we cut it back on. That thing would fire right back up. So how many of you know we serve a high priest who's been touched with the feelings of our infirmities? Who knows exactly where we are at all times? And he, if we pray in faith, our Father will answer us. That's his promise. And sometimes, sometimes he just waits a long time, don't he? It's that waiting time when our faith starts to fail a little bit. But if we'll be persistent, then he'll be persistent. And he'll answer our prayer. So I said it's getting kind of late. So we, the pastor told me that he wanted us to, lay hands on folks and pray for them if they needed prayer. And I really believe if you come tonight, I'm going to ask everybody if we'll just go ahead and stand. If you'll come down for prayer, if you have a real need, I believe God's going to answer those prayers. How many times this time we started walking in faith, believing? The Bible said if any two on earth agree it's touching anything, what's going to happen if we all get an agreement here? We need to be on the same page, folks, when it comes to faith. I can't be believing in him not or him be believing in I'm not. He said, if any, two. So we need at least two people that believe. So if you've got a need tonight and you want to need prayer, I want you to come down. I'm going to ask uh, Tracy and Denise to come back and help me, and we're going we're gonna to pray for you. I don't care what your need is. God knows what it is, and he'll answer that prayer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Tracy, you and Denise come down now, will please? Amen. Let's get an agreement now. He, he's got a nephew at hospice that's given three months. God can give him a lifetime. Amen. So just stretch your hand this way toward my brother. Father, name of Jesus, God, as we join our hearts together, God. Father, making one plea to you, and you said if two, just two agreed. And God, we got several here that's in agreement right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. And God, we know that you're a healer and you're a deliverer, God, and there's nothing too hard for you. So, Father, as I lay hands on my brother right now, in Jesus' name, God, I speak healing to that person, God, right now, in Jesus' name. I speak healing, God, from the throne room. And, God, I give you all the glory and honor and the praise. All the glory and all the honor and all the praise for it, Lord. We exalt your name tonight, Jesus. Name above every name in heaven and in earth, Lord. No name above your name, Father. No name above your name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hey, sweetie. Okay. 
All right. Hallelujah. Fathers, I pray for my sister Nan and for her daughter, God. Father, we come right now. God, it's one body, Lord. We are, we are the sheep of your pastor, Lord God. And Father, the, the power multiplies as we come in agreement, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, God, we speak healing to this person in the name of Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus, Son of Righteousness, they come with healing in his wings, Lord. We thank you for that, Father. Thank you for hearing our prayer, God. In Jesus' name, Lord, hallelujah. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, we speak in faith right now, God, asking, Father, for you to move on this person's heart, God. Lord, you can turn that heart, God. You can make what's wrong right again, Lord. I pray right now in Jesus' name, God, that you'll, you'll come down, God, and you'll touch that person right now, God, in the area of his heart, God. Father, I pray that you'll give them no rest no rest do they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, God. God, don't even let them sleep good, God. Come, God, and let them know that there's a God in heaven, God, and call them. Call them by your spirit, God. Even as you call me, God, when I ran so hard, God, I thank you, God, that you're faster than any of us. You can catch us all in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, our sister needs a Holy Ghost healing overhaul in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name that your healing power will touch her from the top of her head, God, to the tips of her toes, Lord. God, what the enemy meant for evil, God, you can, you can work it out for her good, God. When he comes in like a flood, God, you can stop that flood, God, and, and touch her body right now in Jesus name God heal my sister God to receive healing father today in the mighty name of Jesus Lord and we give you praise and glory and honor God praise you Jesus praise you Lord Jesus oh my goodness <laughs> I believe I see what that is Hallelujah. Father, we pray for this, my sister's leg here, Lord. God, we pray for a quick, quick healing, God. Complete, complete healing of that leg, God. And she'll have complete use of it, God, again, God, and it will come quickly, Lord. God, you can heal quickly. I've seen you do it, God. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you said you would do exceedingly abundantly 
above all that we could even ask or think according to the power that worked within us, Lord. And that power is Holy Ghost power, Lord, in Jesus' name. I release healing to her in Jesus' name. Let it be quickly, Father. And we give you the praise, God, and we, we come against all doubt and unbelief in Jesus' name. We bind the strong man right now and we spoil his goods, Father. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Anybody here? those bags I have a problem too Father right now in the name of Jesus put your hand on her back if you will Father I know I know what back pain is Lord I've had it many times Lord and Father I know how difficult it is to even walk when your back's in that kind of shape so Father I ask you to touch my sister right now Lord let the healing power of Jesus Christ God Come right now, Father, and heal, Lord. Heal and make her whole, God, from the top of her head to the soles to the tip of her toes, oh God. Father, we thank you for that, Lord, and give you glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you there, God. They've brought this son before you, Lord. And Lord, I can see their heart right now and how much they love this boy. And Lord, I know you love him more than they do, God. I know you loved him enough to die for him, Lord. So Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for the healer to come, to heal and touch him. And make him ever with whole God. God, it's nothing too hard for you. It's nothing too hard for our God. Lord, touch him right now, God, as we come in agreement, Lord. You said if two or three agreed, God, it would be done. And Lord, we've got the whole church here in agreement right now for this young person, Lord. Now minister to their body, God, right now in Jesus' name. And we give you all the praise and the glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. If you will, let's everybody just come to the altar. Let's just all pray for a few minutes. This is a church body. The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight and two can put ten thousand. So if we'll come and get in agreement tonight, God, God can move.
Amen. Let's pray for our pastor, then you can pray for whoever you like. Amen. Father, we come right now and we join our hearts together now, God, is one voice unto you. And Father, we lift our pastors, Neil and Jessica, before you, Lord God. Father, we thank you for the man of God you've sent us to this church. Father, I know the many hardships he goes through, God, and I, I know the trials that he faces, Lord, some of them. And God, I know that he loves you, and I know he loves the flock. Now, Father, I pray that you not only minister to every need he has according to your riches and glory. Father, I pray that you'll double the anointing on our pastor, Lord. Father, I pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to double on him, God, when he comes to minister from now on, Lord Jesus. God, that he might receive the things. God, I pray that you'll meet every need that he and his family has, his precious wife and his children, Lord. Father, I pray for every member of this church, Lord. God, I thank you for this body of believers, God, that love you and love their church and love their pastor, Lord. Father, I pray for the body right now, Lord. I pray that you'll minister to their needs, God. And everybody here, Father, has some need or some kind, God. But Lord, we know nothing's too hard for you. You said you'd meet all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we just thank you for that, and we give you glory and honor, and we give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I pray you minister to every person that's here in this offering. that's come up to this altar. Lord, I just pray, God, for the precious Holy Spirit to be with them, God, throughout this night and through the days of head, Lord. And Father, I know you love each and every one of these folks, God. But Father, I pray when they call to you, God, that you will have your ear tuned to hear what they're saying, God, and, and that you will react to their prayers that's prayed in faith, God. Now, Father, bless this congregation and bless the pastor. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Denise, will you dismiss us in prayer tonight? <laughs>